just a little bit caught in the middle Life is a maze, love is a riddle I don't know where to go, can't do it alone I've tried, and I don't know why Hi everyone, welcome to Parenting Portal. My name is Joanna Port. I am a mom of four to Zoe, Levi, Ruby, and Ray, and I am the director at Crestwood Hills Preschool in Los Angeles. This podcast is a guided discussion between me and an expert in the field of parenting. Meditation and Imagination Tools with Kids. That's the title of this episode. Welcome, Dr. Charlotte Resnick. Guided imagery is really an aspect of meditation. When you meditate, it changes your brain. It increases the happiness part of your brain and decreases the anxiety part of your brain. The reason I want to teach this is because I know how much it's going to help them reach their goals. I'm really happy to see you. We've known each other now. Actually, I met you a long time ago. Right, right. (laughs) Um, I asked her to come speak at my children's school, and she came and spoke about meditation and guided imagery and how to help kids with stress. Right. And um, it was super helpful. And actually, you gave me a few tools that I still use to this day, and I give to my parents, like the balloon in the stomach. The balloon breath. The balloon breath I got from you. Wonderful. (laughs) And um, also the line of love. Um, I use that with my kids, and I've used that as a tool to oh, give Oh, sending my love from your heart uh-huh. to their heart to make that connection. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. So I got some tidbits, and this was 20 years ago, so I'm <laughs> really happy to see you. Um, wonderful to be here. Thank I'm going to do a little intro on you, and then we'll get, dive right into it, because this is a great topic. Dr. Charlotte Resnick is a foremost authority on how to engage with and develop mindfulness, meditation, and imagination in children, teens, and young adults. She has a 30-year-plus meditation practice and is author of the Los Angeles Times best-selling book, The Power of Your Child's Imagination, How to Transform Stress and Anxiety into Joy and Success. I love that title and contributing author of the chapter Imagery as a Therapeutic Tool with Children to Transformative Imagery, Cultivating Imagination for Healing, Change, and Growth. Dr. Resnick is a child educational psychologist, a former UCLA associate clinical professor of psychology, and was named Imagery International's Person of the Year in 2013 for the global impact of her work with children. Didn't even know there was an award for such a thing. (laughs) But... That's you, you deserve it. <laughs> Dr. Resnick is the creator of Imagery for Kids, Breakthrough for Learning, Creativity, and, and Empowerment. It's a mindful, positive coping skills program. In addition to her private practice in LA, she creates therapeutic meditation CDs for children, teens, and parents, blogs for Psychology Today and Huffington Post, and is a frequent media consultant. She teaches workshops internationally on the healing powers of children's imagination. And that's a great way to segue into... Can you please tell us what you do exactly? (laughs) It's a big question. What I do is help children connect with their inner wisdom Uh and connect with their resources to help themselves solve their everyday problems. Because I really believe kids have wisdom. And I don't think we give them that acknowledgement enough. And I always tell the kids, I don't have your answers. I'm here to help you find your answers. Because I really do want to empower them. 
So we do that through ways that make sense to me and research has proved are very helpful. And what are those ways? Okay, so, you know, it's funny you, re- you recalled when we met so many years ago and we were calling things guided imagery. Well, guided imagery is really an aspect of meditation uh-huh. because when we talk about mindfulness now, which is so hot and important, and mindfulness is, um, is a form of meditation, but it's not really sold that way. <laughs> I think Americans and people around the world like mindfulness because it has the word mind in it and it doesn't have the word meditation. Uh-huh. But it is a form of meditation. Right. So even when I was starting out creating this program, I wasn't using the word meditation. Because 30 years ago, when I was working in schools, you couldn't use that word. It was like a no-no. But all it is is doing some relaxing breathing, which we, I call balloon breath because it's an easy visual. Yes. It's the idea of there's a balloon under your belly button. When you breathe in, it gets bigger. And when you breathe out, it flattens. Uh-huh. That's a basic form of meditation. Uh-huh. And my practice is basically Buddhist Taoist, although I study other forms of meditation, so that's a very simple way to access the wisdom, to connect with the inner thoughts. Uh-huh. It calms everything down. So the research about breathing shows when you breathe like that, it kind of relaxes you, it reduces your blood pressure, <laughs> you know, all kinds of good things happen when you breathe like that. And if you continue to breathe like that, then you, go, you can go into a meditative state, which is more deeply relaxed. And when you meditate, it changes your brain. It increases the mm. happiness part of your brain and decreases the anxiety part of your brain. Really? Yes. And it's proven that this yes. does this. Yes. Just and from also, breathing, but being conscious of your breathing and being aware of your breathing. Well, okay. So in mindfulness, they talk about being aware of what's yeah. happening. In other forms of meditation, you don't necessarily, you, you're aware at the beginning, but then you might go into a deeper state where you're not really uh-huh. thinking about things. Uh researchers have done brain studies with functional MRI, which is like brain processing, Uh not just a fitness on a physical scan. It's a, you do it physically, but you're looking at your brain processing and that's where they see the powerful effects of meditation on the brain. They've worked with monks who meditate like all day long, Uh you know, or Uh many, many Uh hours. They work with people who are long-term meditators and that's how they know there are changes in the brain structure. It makes you happier, it makes you more centered, calmer. Yes, yes. Does it make you more focused and able to concentrate? Well, I know it can, Uh definitely, it Uh can. So everyone's a little bit different. Uh So some of the kids I see have difficulty focusing. Some might have been diagnosed as ADHD, or some are just kind of a little bit, you know, because it's a continuum. Of of anxiety and depression. Yes, Right, right. So... When I'm working with kids, the reason I want to teach this is because I know how much it's going to help them reach their goals. So, like, if a parent brings a child to me and they say, they're driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they're fighting with their brother. They're not getting along in school. Whatever the, they're not sleeping. Whatever the issue is, it doesn't matter. I could find a way in to help them with their concerns. Mm -hmm. And even if the kids don't have the same concerns as the parent, like they don't really care about fighting with them or they don't care about not being nice to their younger brother, but they do care about doing well in sports. Uh huh. So that's where you've also heard the term guided imagery or visualization in sports. 
because there's so much research there that shows how important it is. Everyone knows Michael Phelps, who's won like 28 medals, like most yes. of them gold, like most, the most in the world or whatever. He uses visualization, or we could say meditation or, you know, or guided imagery to imagine himself in the pool hmm. or he's watching himself in the pool and he kind of brings up all the things that could go wrong. So, like, maybe his goggles fall down or his bathing trunks fall down. Yeah. Or, you know, or he hits a wall too soon. And the reason he does it is he trains his brain over and over again that when, it, if that problem happens, he knows how to take care of it quickly so he doesn't lose that much time. Yeah. And you can do that with kids when they're... Yes, yes. When In they're fact, stuck what, or something? Yes. yes. I mean, when, so when I mentioned the... the um, Sports mm -hmm. is because if a child is interested in sports, then I could start with them there. Uh -huh. So if they want to do better in soccer or basketball, or swimming or tennis or whatever, uh -huh. great, we'll work there. And then I could might approach them, you know, you're doing so great in, you know, in tennis right now. Maybe we should get your parents off your back and tr see if we could use it with your brother. Uh huh. You see? Yeah, you'll so, do it to catch them. Right. Yeah. I sort of go through the side door rather than the front door. Now, some kids are very clear like one girl came in that she was like 11 or 12 and she said i want to learn how to sleep on my own before i go to college <laughs> a nice goal that's a good goal were you like you will you will <laughs> no, no i said good, good. glad you're let's here do now it. Let's yeah do <laughs> let's do it what a great goal <laughs> and she she was so scared you know of closing her eyes so <laughs> we had her imagine um oh. She imagined this protective animal friend. For her, it was this giant, um, giant dragon called Valcor, uh -huh. and it was wrapped around her bed. Wow! And and then she put a tiger at the door just in case, you know. And, I mean, it was just to feel secure, right? You remember this is there's nothing going on in her house. There's nothing wrong. I right. mean, fears sometimes have a real basis, mm -hmm. and sometimes they have an unconscious basis. We don't know what it is. So in her case, there was nothing actually that anyone could see why she be she should be scared, but that doesn't bother me. You know, it doesn't matter. We'll but it's real to it. her. It's real to her, and I take it very seriously. Yeah. And um, but I could look a child in the mm -hmm. eye and say, "We're going to fix this." I don't know how long it's going to take. Right. I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we're going to do this because I do this all the time. Do, what's the youngest age that comes to you? Four. Four? Okay. Actually, it used to be three, but they have they might take a nap in the middle of the oh. session. <laughs> so, yeah. so she was great. So then yeah. with her protective animal friend, she was able to actually close her eyes, and she used to listen to CDs. Now we have downloads. Right. But a few months later, she was so proud of herself, and she was telling her friend at school, and the friend said, that's so stupid. How could your imagination help you? And she said, my fears come from my imagination. Uh -huh. So I had to go into that realm to fix them. Huh. I love it. So yeah. it, So the kinds of kids that you see have all kinds of issues, probably. Right, right. So, everyday problems. They might have fears. They might have trouble focusing. They might not be doing well academically or trouble with their with their brothers and sisters or friends, or they might be shy, or they might not speak, or their parents mm -hmm. might have gotten a divorce, and that's a very big change and difficult to adjust to. We could go down the line. Like anything, like, like any big, like huge, pretty yeah, much anything. anything. Meditation can help with all Yes, that. because when they meditate, when they connect to that inner part, 
it also taps into the part of the brain of, I believe it taps into their, you know, right brain, more creative. And so they could come up with more unique solutions. And we were talking about, oh, I mentioned this girl who had this, you know, mm-hmm. dragon wrapped around her bed. How, where'd that come from? So with the, I kind of have nine tools because that's a nice number. And, yeah. you know, I had to stop at some point. But over the years, <laughs> I kind of learned some things for kids to do. And so um, you have to have foundation. So, so give us found- the nine tools. Yeah. Right. So the founda- foundation tools are the breathing, okay. which for younger kids we call the balloon breath. For older ones, we might just call it deep breathing. Mm-hmm. For I might say it's meditation, but I have to be careful because I had a teenage girl. And I said, hey, do you have you ever done any yoga or meditation? And she said, no, my mother does that. I said, oh, good. We're just going to do some deep breathing. Yeah. So you could call it anything that's appropriate to who your child is or who you're working with. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Yeah. So you have to have the breathing and then you have to find a safe space inside you. Some place where you can, it it could be like a mini vacation from life. It could be like a little respite. It could be someplace you've been before or not, or someplace you'd like to go. It could be your own bed Mm -hmm. (laughs) under the covers, but a place where you feel safe and where everyone who comes to visit you, you could allow people there or not, or animals or not, but anyone that walks through your door to your safe, special place mm. has to love and accept you just the way you are. Hmm. So it could be on the beach in Hawaii. Right. Or it could be my bedroom. Right. Okay. And it's different for everyone. Like right. Sometimes kids come up with Div- Disneyland right away, which doesn't sound very relaxing, but it is fun. So, and then the special place might change or grow, and it could be inside or outside or a combination. And some of the kids come up with really cute things. One girl had a remote, and the remote had different colored buttons. So if she pressed the blue button, it took her to ocean places. If she touched the green, it would take her to forest places. So she had more than one. Yes, that was very Very creative. creative. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I want to encourage wherever they're going. So we have basic tools, but they're coming up with ideas. And then, okay, how to access their wisdom. All right. What about using protective animals who love and care about them? Or wizards, or sometimes the animal friend, you know, is taking a vacation, doesn't leave someone, so you might need, like, a wizard. Or, <laughs> or the animal friend isn't working so well. I'm hitting resistance with a child. So we bring in the big guns, like a magic, you know, some magic. We have uh-huh. a wizard. Uh-huh. Or for the older people, if they're not into wizards, then it could be a wise person. Uh-huh. It could be someone they know. Like, sometimes kids think about the grandparents who have passed over, uh-huh. or um, which is very touching yeah or it could be the older wiser them oh who's already been through this issue and knows what to do like there was one nine-year-old boy who imagined who was bedwetting you know that's a physical thing you usually yeah and again it doesn't i don't mind if it's physical because yeah. we still work with the mind as a mind-body connection because the mind-body connection is so strong yeah right so he connected with the 15 year old who had already been through that oh. who said to him never give up Huh. Was it a brother, a friend, or something? No, it was himself. That's so fascinating. It was his older, wiser self. Wow. And it's very cute, so I'm going to tell you what that is. He, um, we constructed um, for his bedwetting, because what happens is kids are either sleeping too deeply and they don't wake up, or the hormone that's supposed to shut down the urine production at night isn't working. 
So we we inspect everything, make sure there are no holes or tears in the bladder or urethra, and we patch them up if there are, and then we put an alarm clock in <laughs> that wakes him up at three quarters full. Of, so he wakes up, goes to the bathroom, comes back, and falls back asleep. Oh wow! So it gives that's him, part of it. Yeah, it's almost like a it's like a guided hypnosis, and I have to give the caveat that hypnosis was popular or self hypnosis or guided hypnosis hypnosis when I started out working in in the 80s Mm -hmm. and over time it got turned over to imagery and then meditation and mindfulness so Mm. they're all on a continuum I think of hypnosis as the most directed imagery in the middle meditation on the other end ah okay I mean because in pure form mindfulness is really being aware a meditation and being aware without judgment but when I've seen and read about and heard about what people are doing with children and mindfulness, in quotes, they're really doing guided meditations. Uh-huh. But it's, but it's, it's mindfulness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you're being aware. Yeah. Of your mind and it's yourself. Very, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Or just the time it takes, like that fun exercise where you, you know, you either eat a raisin or chocolate kiss, depending on, you know, who's, you know, who's into chocolate, you know, and, uh-huh. and so that, and you do it very slowly and you hold it in your mouth. So you're being aware of the taste and the smell. So that being aware really puts you in the, in the state of the moment. Uh-huh. And when you're in the moment, then you don't have to worry so much about how am I going to do it on the test tomorrow? Cause you're in the moment. Uh-huh. So going back to the tools. So we got, that's, we access the wisdom through, animal friends, wise people, mm-hmm. wizards. And then they give us gifts to help us solve our problems. Okay. Right? Right. Like, um, like if you have an animal friend. And the gift could be a real gift that you imagine, or it could be something they show you or something they tell you that will help you. Mm. Like one girl, with you know, last week with a Zoom call, got the gift of happiness. From her. Yeah, from her wise person. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that helps you solve whatever is going to happen. In mm-hmm. fact, sometimes I'll we'll draw like a, a route or a road. Like, this is where you are now, miserable. This is where you like to be happy. And let's look at the road. What's the first obstacle that's, st- that's in your way when you want to get along better with your sister? Oh, she's bugging me in the car. Okay, let's close our eyes and check in. Who comes to help you so once they learn about their wizards and their animal friends they could just check in and see who shows up uh-huh. what do they say give you or show you very cool to help you solve this very cool. i love how it's so ch- child directed they're directed yes you're yes. like the guide right exactly exactly uh-huh. and then it's a way to really it gives them a language to work with. It gives them something to do, something that's practical. Parents really like tools. Kids like the idea of, you know, being able to solve something or fix their own problem. There's a whole other aspect that I go into after with kids. It's about the body wisdom mm. and being aware of where you hold your feelings, where you keep your feelings. Mm. And I use a lot of color like, where do you keep your stress? What color is it? Mm-hmm. And for we, kids, that's... Whether you keep your anger, yeah. what color is it? One boy was, anger was red hot in his belly. And then I usually work with two anecdotes, because two against one. Mm-hmm. And so we, 
and either they come up with the, the two feelings that are the opposite or I'll help them with them. I'll suggest some things and they can pick from it because mm-hmm. sometimes they really don't know. But uh, well, I think they're not used to talking about feelings. Yes, they're not. And mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's really a problem in our time because mm-hmm. they're used to acting it out or not even knowing how they're feeling. Exactly. They don't even know how they feel. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you feeling good or bad? So we start with something simple. Okay, you're feeling bad. Are you feeling angry or sad, you know, or hurt? Are you feeling, you're feeling good. Is it happy or is it proud? So we, yeah. you, could, you could help teach your kids to, to get express. in touch. Yeah. To even be aware of how they're feeling. Yeah. So then I'm giving them more of a language. Okay, so his anger's red, it's in his belly. Where his calm feelings, blue in there in his shoulders. Okay, and where's your love? Love is white in the heart. So what we do then is he breathes in his calm feelings, the blue calmness, to the red-hot anger. And he imagines it in his head. Yeah, and picturing just with his thought and with his intention, he breathes calm blue into the red anger and then fills up his whole body with calmness. You could do this with any age, really. Yes, you really can. The and fours, I, threes and fours could do this. Yes. Yes. And tens and fifteens and twenty yeah. fives. Because when I train people and do workshops or speak at conferences or just speak, I lead people through this. That's yeah. where you picked up your balloon breath and your heart, probably. Yeah. Love on a beam of light. So, um, so what's wonderful is what he, and you notice what I'm doing. I'm not only bringing that calmness to his belly. Mm-hmm. But sending it through his whole body. Mm-hmm. And so he's calming down. And then just notice, if it, you know, what happens to anger. And then we add love, the second, because you need two against one. I like to win. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so then he breathes in love into his belly and his whole body, fills uh-huh. up his whole body, and notice what happens. Uh-huh. And this person said that the calmness, this little boy said, calmness um, kind of covered up the, ang- the uh-huh. anger, but love exploded it. Like dissipated it. Oh, I see. So for him, that really—that's interesting. Yeah, isn't that fun. Yeah, and it made him feel so much better. I bet. Much better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One girl. In fact, we we need to use this right now. One girl came in. It was just when school was about to start, um, before our time. You know, before COVID, yeah. and she felt like she just wanted to die because she was so stupid because her brain had rotted. Her brain had rotted, so I asked her to draw a picture of what her brain looked like and had all these black spots. And so then I had her close her eyes and wash out her brain with white lighter, mm-hmm. Mr. Clean. Now we oh. have lots of things to uh, to clean things with, right? <laughs> Lysol. <Yeah. or>, you know. <laughs> and then what happened? The next vision, this next feeling was a beautiful. Her brain was a beautiful flower. Oh wow! And you know, make all the brain cells ready to stand up and learn easily. It's really fun. See, that works pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. So I, I know we're, we're kind of talking about these colors. And so I use a lot of colors, but not mm-hmm. only it's important to be aware of where your feelings are, but I also like the idea of checking with your heart wisdom and your belly wisdom. It's what does that of, mean? It's yeah. really interesting because we grow up with what's your heart, pay attention to your heart. Mm-hmm. And there's research that shows that people who have had heart transplant who has re- received a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like always, but it's enough mm-hmm. that people are, the researchers are noticing. You might start liking an ice cream or a food that you didn't perform, an activity that you didn't, but that the donor person, the person oh, that donated yeah. the heart okay. did. So they feel there's some kind of cellular memory, and they think about the heart is another brain. Oh. 
Oh. It's like we have a brain in our mind, we have mm. a brain in our heart, and we have a brain in our belly and our gut. Because some of the cells, the T cells in the gut are like brain cells. Ah. Oh. So, you know, know, like, that. trust your... I grew up in New York City. I thought, me, yeah, Brooklyn. And yeah. If I wa- start walking down the street and it doesn't look good, I just, you know, it doesn't feel good, I go the other way. Yeah. So that, that whole feeling, like, doesn't feel right. And I try to work with kids to pay attention to that little voice. You know, like, right before you got in trouble, did you... Was there, like, a little voice that said maybe not to do that? And um, sometimes they're aware of it. Okay, we got to make that voice louder. Uh-huh. And pay attention, because that's your wisdom. You didn't pay attention to it before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. People don't pay attention. So the idea is, I always have the kids, like, put their hand over their heart center in the middle of their chest to heart level. At the end of a session, we'll, we'll ask, what's your heart message? Or any time during the session, you know, what's your heart, what does your heart want you to know today? Oh, that's so interesting. Be you was last week. One boy said that. He said what? Be you. His heart said, just be you. Just be you. Be Oh, wow. So listening to heart, it's just a way of listening to another part of your body that has something to say. Yes. Huh. Right. Or even with headaches and stomach aches. You know, when I used to walk into classes and say, how many of you have headaches or ever get headaches or stomach aches? It was like everyone. Everybody. Yeah. And some people prefer the headaches. <laughs> if I like <laughs> headaches, some people prefer the stomach aches. <laughs> and so whatever, we could work with that. And so in fact, if anyone who's listening has a headache or stomach ache, there's like a nice three-question kind of imagination thing where you, you focus on your balloon breath, you focus on your breathing, and you ask, what color is the headache? What shape is it? And how heavy is it? Ah. And whatever the child says, you say, good, okay, fine, you know, something positive, neutral. <clears throat> and then you have them do five balloon breaths, five slow breaths. You should explain balloon breath in, in detail. Okay. Because we brought it up a few times. I feel like the listeners are going to be like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, I, I right. use it all the time with, my, with, my, with the students. Go ahead. Just think explain. of it as a meditation breath. It's a meditation breath, yeah. Under your belly button. Because two inches below your belly button in Eastern thought is your dantin. That's the center of your body. And if we laid you out and measured you, that would be the center of your body. Unless you had really short legs or really long legs. (laughs) Right below your belly button. Right. Okay. So that's why it centers you. Okay. And then, so you just put your hands, if you put your hands there, you could, and it's easier if you're sitting or laying down initially. So if you just breathe in slowly to say a count of three. Mm Mm-hmm. You could feel it going out and then breathe out to a count of three. Ah, oh. in three, out three. Okay. I don't make some people say four or seven. I figure three is good enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it get, gets, gets the job done. And then I, I have the kids go home and then I'll time them before I have them go home. I'll time them for a minute and see how few breaths they could take in a minute. Ah. Oh. And so seven is great, but sometimes it's 10 or 12. Okay. And that's fine. And then they're going to go home and practice a minute a day or a minute twice a day. Because everyone can find a minute. Even you could probably find yeah, a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. hide out. Go in your car. Air, car. Yeah. Um, and then the idea is every two weeks, add another 10 breaths or five breaths. And pretty soon, you're really meditating for five minutes. <sighs> and then maybe 10. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So in, in addition to listening to guided meditations that I might make for them or I have, they'll learn to meditate on their own. And I don't always tell them that. You just say, do this, and then... Right, the, just do this. And right. then they end up right meditating. Because them. it really depends. Some kids are open to meditation yeah. and some are not. And it's silly not to help them get the benefits just by the language we use. Right. I mean, breathing is pretty innocuous. Everyone could do that. But people don't know the power of it. Right, right. So the balloon part it was, was what I learned from you, is just yes. imagining a balloon right. on your belly button In, and inside, blowing it up. Inside your belly. Inside your belly. And blowing it up from the inside. Oh. Yes. Because when we're upset, we're breathing up in our chest, oh. short breaths and quick breaths, oh. and that's not relaxing. That's going to increase anxiety. Oh, so we, if we focus on the center, we'll... Yes. And it's so important to practice when you don't need it. Because it's like when you learn to ride a car or a bike or whatever, you, you don't want to be thinking about it. You just want to do it. And if you need it, like I wouldn't say to a child after they just learn this, just do some breathing you know? uh -huh, <laughs> because uh -huh. they'll say no. So you just want to make it part of life. Uh -huh. And then I usually give them a little sheet of stickers, of colored stickers, uh -huh. like you know the ones you get at Staples? They're like yeah. yellow, blue, and red or something. So yeah. you put one sticker up in a place that you see often, like on the fridge or on their desk or somewhere. And the idea is when you see it, to take three breaths. Whenever you see that sticker? Yes. Ah. And then they might not notice it after a while. They habituate to it. So you change the color. And then for however long. Ah. Some girl put it in her bathroom mirror to calm her down when she's getting ready. And she would just do it for a minute or and people just, just three would, breaths when three they breaths. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the breaths. idea is huh. throughout the day, it would be so helpful if we reconnect to our center. But I don't think that kids or people think about that. I don't think anybody really stops. I mean, people like you do. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a tool that most people don't have. Right. And it's so simple. Yes, yeah, so it's simple. Easy, and you don't it's need free. to buy anything, or yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so maybe maybe the staples, little and the stickers, the stickers. <laughs> um, this is very helpful because kids can do it at school. Yes, kids. I notice that kids are so much stressed. Forget COVID; we're all stressed about right. that. Even before COVID, the anxiety in kids so much higher the last ten years than. Have you seen a huge increase? I have. Yeah, yeah. I really have. I get the chills. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's really in your practice has probably yeah. been a lot more. So did we go through all the nine tools? We missed the one the last one. The okay. ninth tool is using energy for healing. What is and that? And that's basically being aware of what's going on around you. Like I saw you today, I haven't seen you for years, but I had such a good feeling when I saw you. Just the energy was so nice and kind and I could see you're open hearted and sweet and you know all these wonderful things. So when you meet someone, you might like get a really good feeling about them, uh -huh. or you might not. So you, I want them to pay attention to that energy. energy. Or they go in the room, like you go in the restaurant even, and you, I don't want to sit in that area. Mm -hmm. It might be something. And the easiest way to understand what energy is, and there's a lot of research now, is if you just, and everyone who's listening could do this right now, is rub your hands together mm -hmm. really fast, mm -hmm. and then just let it go. You feel that? Mm -hmm. in, in between, that's energy. Mm -hmm. And then so it could go really far. Mm -hmm. And then Qigong and Tai Chi, they use She's that. She's putting her hands uh, open and closing really slow after yeah. she rubbed them together. Yeah. 
And I'm just feeling, I'm just going with what I feel mm. between my hands. And, in, you know, in Tai Chi and Qigong, you see people all the yeah. time moving. They're, they're working with that energy. Tai Chi, yeah. Right. Oh. So there's energy between people and objects. And even sometimes I'll have kids kind of pay attention to different parts in the room and close their eyes and see what they feel. Uh-huh. And when I was writing my book, there was a lovely research study um, with Jean Ackenberg and her team. And what they did was, it sounds kind of a little, you know, woo-woo, but it's not, because that's why they're trying to make everything scientific now and functional MRIs, is they had different kinds of healers, like shamans or from different, different, you know, kinds of belief systems. And they had, you know, practice patients. And what they would do is they had the, the practice patient in a functional MRI machine and then the healers, they didn't know who, who they were working on or the, the patient didn't know when it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when the healer set their intention on sending healing energy, the scientists would see a difference in the functional MRI in their brain processing. Ah. So they could actually see a change when energy was being sent. Ah. I mean, think of it when you hug a person. Yes. Or you you hug your child or, you know, you kiss their knee. I think of it as like, you know, the kiss has some magical healing energy. Yeah. And they feel better. Yeah. So it's like that. So when yeah. I'm working with, with parents and children, I might suggest to their mom or dad, imagine all the love you have for your child in your heart and let it come out your down your arm and then you could put that hand, you know, like when they're in bed and they're on the side, put their hand on the back of their chest, you, uh-huh. know, their, you know, sending love. Uh-huh. So you intentionally send love. And you could do that through your hands. You could do that through your eyes. Mm-hmm. Or just through who you, who you are. Or your voice, maybe. Or your voice, yeah. right. Yeah. And just like, you know, sometimes when kids are really upset and having a tantrum, whether they're two or 22, you know, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you could just sit. And do a little meditation and send love out. Mm-hmm. And it kind of shakes each other. It kind of confuses them. Yes. And they can feel it, really. Yeah. Because sometimes I see kids that are very sensitive and they have a hard time in this world. Yeah. Because they pick up things and they don't understand what it is. Yeah, I, w- I would think this would be a great tool for so many people right Doesn't now. Doesn't matter the age. Yeah, and so many ki- you even kids. You just change the language, and you know how to speak to your teenager, young adult, five-year-old, ten-year-old, because uh-huh. you're living with them. Uh-huh. Well, this was so great. Oh, so happy how to be How can people here. reach you or find out about you? Well, give me a call. <laughs> Go to Imagery for Kids, that's F-O-R, okay. kids.com, and then there's a phone number, there's email, and we connect and i'm happy to help in any way i can and right now it is online and totally totally doable (laughs) she's been doing tons of sessions she hasn't stopped her um and one day you'll go to an office again who knows when (laughs) right thank you so much oh pleasure thank you and thank you for this wonderful service you're offering Thanks for joining us. If you have questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email me at joanna at parentingportal.com. If you want to learn more about our experts or to schedule a consult with me or a speaking engagement, or you just have a parenting question you need answered, go to parentingportal.com. And remember, parenting is so, so hard. Give yourself a break. You're doing a great job.
job and do something for yourself today. Got to let it go and just enjoy the show.